want to welcome you guys and uh, glad you're here for the Mighty Men uh, update and kind of what we're planning here. And uh, just want to say we're following up on what happened when Keith Craft was here, uh, here at Apple Valley and at all of our sites. You know, you remember Keith Craft was here. If you missed that, you should watch those messages online. It was great. Uh, I loved having him here. I've thought about bringing him back, uh, you know, just like say, come on back, round two. Some of you guys are like, yes. I've been working out in case he comes back, so... But uh, man, great, great, great stuff. We've been in contact since then. And uh, love his heart for men's ministry. Uh, I love what happened, too. It just felt like it was a God thing. It was a, it was a great men's uh, conference, but it was also just a, a great thing that happened in our lives. And then there was just one of those moments where um, he just challenged us. And uh, he's talking about his mighty men, and here they are all with him at the event with us. And uh, by the way, they said our church impacted them like in no other event they've ever traveled with. They just said there was something special here that got a hold of them. But he's got his mighty men there. And of course, at the end, if you remember, I'm saying like, hey, we're going to do something like this. It's going to be great. And, uh, you know, just Keith, he's just kind of like, hey, let's do it now. All right. And how many know that he'd be a blast to go on vacation with, you know? Let's do something stupid, you know? So I mean, he's like, he's just go, like go think later. And I love that. And he's like, let's go right now in the moment. Let's, let's make this happen, mighty men. Let's just do the same thing and go for it. So we did that. And in that moment, you know, I had been thinking, like, I'll strategize. I'll figure out what we're going to ask for and how we're going to do this at our church and kind of fit it within our DNA. And he's just like, let's go. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. So strike when the iron's hot. And, you know, 100 and some guys go ahead and fill it out say we're in. And then all sorts of questions happen. How many know what I'm talking about? All sorts of questions in the church from the guys that weren't here, from the wives that weren't part of it. And they were saying, like, wait, wait, what, <coughs> what just happened here? So I want to clarify uh, what's going on and what we're asking to do and why we're doing this uh, the way that we're doing it. And uh, on your chair, you should have this at all the campuses. And these things are available now online if you're watching this recording as well. Um, there's the standards uh, for the mighty men. And we basically used Pastor Keith's uh, standards that he had, and we said, all right, this is what we want to do. And so he said, all right, we want our guys to become a member of the church. Uh, why is that? Because that means you're in, you're counted on, you're saying, I I've realized that I'm part of this, I'm not just loosely affiliated, I'm in. And we think membership is a good thing. Membership qualifies you for leadership, and I've had people say, like, well, I, I don't know, well, why do I even want to be a leader? And I'm thinking, I can't believe you just said that. I mean, why, why would you not want to be a leader? Why would you not want to do all you can? And so we want people to be leaders and to be members of the church. We also want them to serve uh, on the weekend, at least once a month, like where you have an area where you serve in the church, whether it's ushers, greeters, sound, tech, uh, welcome group, um, life group leader, uh, working with the youth group, working with kids, whatever the place may be to serve uh, somewhere in the church at least once a month and really find a regular place of service. Uh, we'd love for you to lead, co-lead, or host a life group at least once a year. Now, there's three times a year that we do life groups. This didn't say attend a life group one time a year. It said lead, co-lead, or host. Like, really, open up your home, open up your business, have the commitment to be the one that will put it together and lead it meet at church with a purity group, be the leader, do something with the groups. And the reason why we say this is we are an empowering church. And we are giving the power to the men saying, what do you want to do in men's ministry? You want a life group with this? 
Go do it. You want to do this? You want to study this book? Go do it. You want to do the deeper things of God and do a discipleship track? Go do it. You want to have a hunting group and kill things? Go do it. All right? So we, that's the way we're doing it. You want to race cars? Go do it. And we're saying we're empowering you to make the men's ministry all that it can be through that life group ministry. People say, well, I want somebody to organize this and plan the retreat and do this. Why don't you do it through a life group then? Why don't you go ahead and take the permission that we have and say, go, do this and make this happen. So we want you to lead, co-lead, or host a life group at least once a year. Um, Then when it comes to finances, tithing 10% of the church, that's part of being a member. You say, I'm in, I wanna be a member, I wanna do this, I will give and I will do that. And then the change that we made, we said give 5% or $5,000 to Kingdom Builders. Now here's the deal. Uh, Keith Craft had it set up in his Mighty Men, $7,000, you gotta do that. And if you don't do that, you're not a mighty man. So I'm trying to figure out in our DNA, how can I do this? Because I've got guys that are like, hey, um, you gotta understand, $5,000, that's a huge stretch for us where our family's at. I had other people that were uh, like our, my oldest son, Connor, who is here and, and he's listening. And he's like, well, how do I do that? I, I don't even make $5,000, you know? I can tithe, but what can, and all of a sudden I thought, okay, God knew what he was doing when it came to percentages, okay? He knew what he was doing when it came to percentages because, you know, if Connor's got a job and he, and he makes $100 a, a month and he's got to give 5%, well, he's like, I'm in for five more dollars. I'm a mighty man. You can count on me. Now, he shouldn't be thinking, nor should we, like, I just praise God that I have to give so little because my percentage is so small. You should be thinking, God, I I want you to increase me, and as you increase me, that's going to give more fuel to the kingdom, more fuel to this, so praise God. But if if your number is lower than $5,000, thank God for that, believe for more, and, and see the percentage challenge. I thought that was a good modification that didn't disqualify people based on income status, okay? Because I want, I want a teenage guy to say, I can be a mighty man and I can do it. And I can hear your thoughts right now. You're thinking, okay, what, what is this? I mean, that's sacrifice. Yes, there's sacrifice. And when we get into the teaching, you'll see that this is just part of why we're calling you to a higher level. And then we want you to go on a global team at least once every four years. We just believe that. We go around the world and, and, and you say, well, those are expensive. You can go to global team Iowa, and help kids right now for just a couple hundred dollars. So again, it's not an excuse. And if it's every four years, if you can save up to go to Iowa every four years, it's just a couple hundred dollars every four years. We're trying to change the world here. We're trying to advance the cause of Christ. We're trying to go to another level as as a church, and that's why we're putting these challenges out. You'll see there's annual events the River Valley Mighty Men uh, Only Dinner, and I'll talk about that in just a second. The River Valley Mighty Men Live Simulcast with me twice a year. We're going to do this, and hopefully it's going to grow. We're going to have a simulcast go to all the campuses. Um, we have our all-church men's conference in the spring and all-church guys' night in the fall. And uh, I'm, I'm certain, have we solidified Michael Jr.? Okay, we have solidified for this year. Now, if you're watching the recording later on. This won't make sense, but you'll look back. But we have Michael Jr. coming for that night in October. Michael Jr. is on The Tonight Show. He's on Late Night. He's on Comedy Central. He travels. He's a comedian, amazing guy, Christian, sold out, hard-hitting. He's doing our men's event in uh, October. And if you can't get your friends to come to church to hear a comedian, man, you got some bad friends. That's all I'm saying. But anyway, so he's coming. So that's coming up. Then we have our all-church um, uh, 
as I was talking about the, the Mighty Men Only Dinner. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to have a, a, a time where there's a dinner with those guys that have done this and have said, I've fulfilled these things, I'm in, and I just want to have a dinner and celebrate victory and story. And it's not a, like, you know, like, nobody could come. But here's the deal. It's the guys that say, I'm in, that I want to do this, I want to be a part of this, and uh, I want to have just a one-time celebration with those people that do that. And you say, well, you know, pastor, is that good? Can you do that? Is that okay to do? Man, when I've looked through the scriptures, and we're going to look there in 2 Samuel 23, you will see that there were people that were separated on lists by the things they did. You will see that. I mean, think about Gideon. Gideon has 32,000, and the list goes down to 10,000. And then the list goes from 10,000 down to 300. Why? Based on the things they did. There was a test that was there, and 300 men got to be in on the victory. 32,000 were available. 300 got into it. Jesus had 70 disciples, 12 disciples, three. He had certain groups and certain things, and you see that that's okay. Now, the thing that I love about this is everyone can get in on this. It's not like we're just picking you, like Pastor Rob picked the people he wanted to have dinner with, and uh, he only had the feast for them, and you know, tough luck. It's no, everybody had an opportunity to get in on it, and we're doing this together, and it's us celebrating together. It's not like, and now you have special privilege and access to Pastor Rob. No, it's a special night to celebrate what God has done through our mighty men, okay? And, and just to point it out, in 2 Samuel 23, this is where I'm going with this uh, today, um, David and his mighty men, he had mighty men, and I want to read this whole passage because it's so powerful, and in 2 Samuel chapter 23, um, it says this, these are the name of David's mighty men, Josheb, and, and it says his name and a little bit more, but we're going with Josheb, all right? He was the chief of the three, he raised his spear against 800 men whom he killed in one encounter. Next to him was Eleazar, son of Dodai, the Aoite. And of these three mighty men, he was with David when he taunted the Philistines uh, gathered for battle. Then the men of Israel retreated, but he stood his ground and struck down the Philistines till his hand grew tired and froze to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. The troops returned to Eleazar, but only to strip the dead. Next to him was Shammah, son of Agi, the Herorite. When the Philistines banded together at a place where there was a, a field full of lentils, Israel's troops fled from them, but Shammah took his stand in the middle of the field. He defended it and struck the Philistines down, and the Lord brought about a great victory. During harvest time, there three of the 30 chief men came down to David at the cave of Adullam. While a band of Philistines was camped, and, and it says, and the time that David was in the stronghold, the Philistine garrison was at Bethlehem. David longed for the water and said, oh, that someone would get me a drink of water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. So the three mighty men broke through the Philistine lines, drew water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem, and carried it back to David. But he refused to drink it. Instead, he said, is it not the blood of men who went at the risk of their lives? And David would not drink it and he poured it out before the Lord, okay? And such were the exploits of the three mighty men. And so it goes on and it says all that they did. And it says there were others that raised up their, their spears and their swords against 300 and this many and that many. And on and on it says they did all this. And then of course we've got this guy Benaniah who how many know uh, Mark Batterson has recently made that guy famous in a pit with a lion on a snowy day. And it says this guy goes and kills all these people. He strikes down two really brave and valiant men. And oh yeah, by the way, he killed a lion in a pit on a snowy day. And so we've got all these things that are going on of all these people that are mighty men. 
These guys were mighty men for God, and I love what the Bible says about these guys. I love that it says that they did these, these different things, and I've got some props here. If somebody could bring me my spear, if they could just hand me over uh, my spear real quick. Um, it says that Shema, I mean, thank you, thank you. We got, we got this guy, Joseph. He's got a spear, and I've got my spear. I think this is from um, Swaziland, actually. I get this from Swaziland. Everywhere I go, I get a spear or a sword, all right? And if they don't have a spear or a sword, I get a weapon. And so it's just kind of weird to be on a ministry trip and saying, do you have any weapons? You know, so anyways, but um, this is from Swaziland. Brought it back. But this guy in the Bible, says he has a spear, and with that spear, he stands his ground, and he kills 800 men, and he gets into the club. So anybody that has a problem with uh, doing 5% or $5,000, if you take your spear and stand up for righteousness and kill it, no, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. We're not going to kill anybody. But think about the qualifications that this guy had to get in. In order to get in, he had to kill and stand his ground one guy against 800, and then the Bible says, you are a mighty man. You are a mighty man. You did an amazing job. You stood your ground. You're a mighty man. Tells the story. One against 800. All right, if I could have my, my, sword, my sword here instead of the spear. Thanks, Pastor Anthony. I'll hand it off to you. Um, of all the spears or swords in my collection, I love this one. But the Bible says that this guy stood his ground and he had a sword in his hand, probably not like this, probably a lot smaller. But he said, it said that he, he fought and defended the territory until it stuck to his hand. Now, you got to think about that. It's stuck to his hand. It won't leave. They've got to pry his hands off there. He's been fighting the battle so long, and he defends God's honor. He defends the territory against the enemy because the Philistines were the enemy, and it says that he did that. He, he, he fought so much that it stuck to his hand. These guys had to have some amazing feats to go ahead and be part of David's mighty men. And, and it's interesting. It says there's other men, chief men. There were mighty men. There were chief men. And then the Bible tells us that there are over a million able-bodied men, okay? There's over a million able-bodied men, but somehow the list went from a million to 30-something to three, and you see this, these are the mighty men, and it's there that they're, they're available. There are these mighty men that are there saying, we're with you, we're going to do amazing things, count on us to do great things, and uh, as we look at these guys, as we look at these mighty men and we look at what they did, here's the key for all these guys. They stood their ground no matter what. They just stood their ground no matter what. They just said, I don't care what the number is against me, I'm going to stand my ground. And can I just tell you this right now? As soon as you hear the mighty men challenge, you will have people that will count, come against you and say, oh, I don't know about that mighty man thing. I don't know about that. I mean, commitment and all the cause and this and all that. I mean, that's just people that are friends. And, and these guys are standing up against enemies. You're going to have to stand up against the voice of somebody else saying, you shouldn't do that. I mean, that's a little too crazy, a little too much commitment, a little too much this. But these guys stood their ground no matter what. No matter what the opposition was, they stood their ground. Interesting thing, um, the chapter after uh, we hear about David's mighty men, David actually numbers the men. And he actually gets in trouble for this because God was like, don't worry about the total number of the men. Uh, don't count the number of men. Count the right and wrong. And if it's right to stand up, stand up. Do you get that? Don't count the number of men. Count the right and wrong. And if it's right, stand up for it. 
Doesn't matter who comes against you. If it's right, you stand up. And that's what we need in this church. We just need men that will just say, I, I, will, I will stand up for what's right no matter what. Doesn't matter if it doesn't look winnable or not. I'm in. I'm in. I'm, I'm sticking with this and I'm going to do this. The Apostle Paul said this in Ephesians chapter 6. He said, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand, stand firm. I mean, it's just standing up and saying, I am going to stand up and I'm going to stand my ground regardless of what's going on. And uh, mighty men in our church are going to have to uh, stand regardless of the number. And it was interesting. I, I was having a, a battle in my mind. You know, I was like, how many guys will show up? Like seven, 70, 17, 700. I mean, you know, you're just in my mind. I'm sitting there thinking, and they just showed me that there's like 43 guys at home right now watching online, uh, or they're at work or on a business trip, and they're showing me that all the campuses, I'm getting these little feedback things. But it didn't matter. I'm just saying, uh, mighty men are going to stand regardless of who's standing with them. They're just going to stand, and they're going to say, hey, I'm in this. Uh, And it's interesting. It says, a bunch of people in Israel retreated. A bunch of people in Israel retreated, but it said these guys stood strong. That's why they're mighty men. That's why they're chief guys. That's why they're, they're leaders, and that's what I'm looking for. And I believe that in the same way that David built his army, and it said little by little, they came to him. You know, the people that were chased out of town, the people that were doing this, they came to him little by little by little, and the number kept growing, and the number kept growing, and the number kept growing, and I'm believing that's what's going to happen at our church. I'm just believing the number is going to grow and grow and grow. Um, we've got to stand our grow, ground because um, we've got to overcome the enemy. And uh, we don't have Philistines. We don't have Philistines. It'd be easy if we had Philistines, wouldn't it? It'd be really easy if, like, okay, guys, we have Philistines. We've got to gear up. Let's get the gun. You know, and it, that'd be kind of easy. But instead, the Bible says we're not fighting against flesh and blood. But principalities and powers, we're fighting a spiritual batter, battle, but we still have enemies. And we still have enemies. And they're fighting against us all in our culture, all in what's going on. And they're saying, you can't advance the church. You can't be that sold out for God. There's an enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And the Bible says in First Peter, it says, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And they're out, he's out there. He's, he's wanting to destroy us. He's wanting to destroy our kids. Uh, he wants to make us a weak church. And I believe that mighty men can lead the way. Mighty men can lead the way in praise and worship. Mighty men can lead the way in serving. Mighty men can lead the way in giving. Mighty men can lead the way. And I, I think that if we go forward, the rest of the group will follow behind us. They did a, a survey with um, the Peace Corps. And they notice which people made it all the way through and which people quit. And it was interesting. When they did this survey, they found that the guys that didn't have a strong dad in their life were more likely to quit and not make it through the term. But they found the ones that had a strong dad leading the way were able to stick with it. And I'm saying to all the men of our church, let's lead the way. Let's lead the way for our kids. Let's lead the way for the church. Let's lead the way for the youth group. Let's lead the way for the kids' ministry. Let's let them see us leading the way and being the mighty men and overcoming the enemy. Um, another thing that I see from the mighty men, mighty men serve without being asked. And if there's one thing I'm praying for our men's ministry, it's this, that we don't have to ask, beg, and chase down the men of the church. I'm serious. 
I got to tell you, it's just so discouraging. You're like, okay, how many email reminders can we send out? And how many e-blasts can we do? And can we send a letter? Can we do smoke signals? How are we going to get the word out to the guys? Can we put it on their windshield so they can't miss it? Can we tell their wives so they'll get here? We can't have that. We cannot have that. Mighty men of God serve without being asked, and they're not people that we have to chase down. And they're not people that are swayed by, you know, hey, the weather's bad or whatever. And, and don't raise your hand, but if you skip church this weekend because it was pouring rain early service Sunday and you didn't man up and say, come on, we're going outside. It's rain. It won't make us melt. Let's go. Come on, let's go. Think about, we were down like a thousand people this weekend, a thousand people. And I was just thinking, and, and early services were down at every campus. And I was just thinking, how many of you were like, oh, it's raining today. Lord, I want to be a mighty man for you, but not when it's raining. Man, we need guys, just we're going, we're doing it. I mean, and I think about it. I mean, I want you to be more dedicated to the things of God than you are to your child's peewee hockey team. All right, that's all I'm asking for. I mean, and I drive, right, or the baseball team. I drive by a, a baseball field every day when I go to the church and I drive by it. And on Saturday and Sunday mornings, crack it on, they will be out there for li- little, little kids playing baseball. Crack it on, not missing a thing, burning up in the sun. And then when it comes like, well, it's raining, well, you know, all right, we'll stick at home and just take, no, we're gonna go for it. We're not gonna have to chase down the men. And in the story, uh, that you see here of these mighty men, David is just wishing. David is just wishing that he, he's just thinking about water that used to be good from his hometown. He's like, man, in Bethlehem, that water was amazing. Have you guys ever had water from there? No, never. It's the best water ever. It's amazing. You, get, you should try it sometime. But we can't go there because it's occupied by the Philistines. But man, someday you should try that water. And as he leaves away, he, he's not even thinking that they're going to go do it, but the guys are like, let's go get water. Let's go do it. Let's go do it. He didn't didn't even ask, but you know what? He would love it. He would love it if we went and got some water. They were so close. They were so in tune. They were ready to do something. He didn't have to chase them. He didn't have to ask them. And even when it gets done with it, they, they bring them back the water. These three guys risked their lives to do this. And, and, and David's just overwhelmed by this. He's just like, are you kidding me? I can't believe you risked your, I didn't ask you to, and they're like, we know you didn't. We know you didn't, but we're so in tune with what you're thinking, we went and did it anyways. We went and did it anyways. We're so in tune, we're there with you. Uh, can I just tell you, even, this is so cool. This last weekend, it was raining. It, it, obviously it was raining, I just talked about it. It was last week, it was raining, and some guys were like, we're doing the umbrellas, we're going for it. We're going for it, we're gonna, we're gonna do the umbrellas. And, and there were guys out there walking people in at, at this campus, and I'm sure at all the campuses, our mighty men were stepping up, but they, they were just walking, bringing people in with umbrellas, and going from the car, and, and walking them in. I got an email from a lady that was driving by the church. She said, I've driven by the church multiple times. She said, I've driven by. And she said, I've just felt so empty in my life. And she said, I I I wanted to go to church. I wanted to go to church. And here it is, it's pouring, raining. Here's somebody far away from God. And there's other people saying it's raining, let's stay home. But this lady's far away from God, it's raining. She's like, I've got to go somewhere. So she picks our church. She comes to our church, it's pouring rain. And she said, I was so amazed 
there were men out there with umbrellas that walked me and my four-year-old all the way to the front door, and it made me feel so good. I walked in the door. They started to sing the worship. The worship started to play. I started to bawl. I felt the presence of God. She said, I gave my life to the Lord when you gave the opportunity, and I'm at peace with God. I love that. I love that. Now, who would have ever thought that the umbrella holder guy gets an assist in the salvation? I mean, it's so good. You get an assist and they keep track of assists. I mean, it's a good thing, you know? And so you think, okay, we, somebody was thinking like, let's get the guys out there. Let's go for it. And when I even was just like in pre-service prayer, we get done. I say, who's got ushers? And and Aaron Top's like, I'm on it, man. We got umbrellas. We're good. And, and again, my son goes, you want me to use the big umbrella over there? I got it. You know, they're thinking about it. Yeah. And, and, and when we think about it, when we start being proactive with ministry, lives are changed. Right. And, and so these guys are so proactive. They're thinking like their leader. He doesn't have to even chase them down. They're out there doing such amazing things. And then the interesting thing he does, excuse me, he says, this is so valuable. I can't take it. I can't take it. I've got to pour this out before God as an offering. I've got to pour it out to him. And can I tell you this? I had some people ask me this. They said, well, like, whose mighty men are they? Are they going to be Pastor Rob's mighty men? Are they going to be Chris Bechtel's mighty men or Mark Kenny's mighty men? Uh, and, and whose mighty men are they? I said, well, they're God's mighty men, okay? They're God's mighty men. Now, we happen to have local, let's call them generals and, you know, whatever we got, lieutenants and whoever that are on the ground and that are going to give local direction and help you to understand where to go. But you're ultimately God's mighty men, and that's what David was saying there. I know you're following me. I know you've got the plan, and I'm giving you the plan, but let's never forget who deserves all the glory and all the honor. Okay, we're going to follow people with a plan because somebody's got to have a plan. So we're going to follow a plan. But as we follow a plan, all the glory and all the honor goes to Jesus. And let's never forget that. Everything that's done. It, when we do kingdom builders, you know, when we go and do this, we, you know, we've got about 200 men between the campuses and online. If we have all those guys step up and say, we're doing this, and we average, let's just say we, we averaged $5,000 for Kingdom Builder. That's like a million dollars every year, and it grows and grows. And grows. If we average that, and some of you are going to do less, some of you are going to do way more. I had one guy come in and say, I'm in. I'm a mighty man. Here's like a check for a couple mighty men to do that. Boom, goes and does it. I had another guy come up to me and said, I want to help mighty men make their $5,000 and do this. And I'm thinking, this is amazing how we can do this. Think of how much we can do for the glory of God. At the end of the day, I'm going to retire. There's going to be a day that we all say, bye, Pastor Rob. New pastor comes in. But guess what? It's still Jesus being lifted up at River Valley Church. I'm just the local general right now. So I'll give the battle plan, and we'll go down there, and it's okay if you say, man, we're one of Pastor Rob's mighty men or whatever, River Valley mighty men, but ultimately we're here for Jesus, and everything gets poured out to him. And the day that we start saying it's the Rob Ketterling wing to the church, run from the church, okay? Run from the church. It's for the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's the way it always will be, all right? And so, you know, and I know a lot of people say, I'm with you, I'm with you, heart, soul, and mind. I want you to be with me, heart, soul, mind, body, being present, you know, and actually doing the stuff and being a part of this and going for it. Because it's not just the thoughts that count, it's actually doing it. 
Um, and the one last thing, it just might have been, I want you to just go for it. I, I want you to, to see this as, as not something where we're saying, okay, we want people out. We want as many in as we can get, okay? That's our goal. My goal is to have as many in as we can get. They will say, I'm in. I will work. I'll, <coughs> I'll spiritually hold my sword, my spear. I'll defend my territory. Man, I, I want it said about me. Man, this guy was faithful to the 500 teenagers that were there. He defended them. He worked with them. He prayed with them. He led the life group. He did it. You can defend this. And I thought about this, that the, the one guy defends his lentils or his pea patch. And I was thinking, I don't even like peas. I wouldn't defend them. You know, cows, I'd defend cows, you know, steak and all that. But <laughs> so would Anthony Richards. He doesn't eat veggies. I'm just saying. He had a chicken Caesar salad once when we, were, when we first joined our team. We went on a staff retreat, and they served a chicken Caesar salad with these little chicken strips. He goes, what is this? I am a man. I need beef. And I was like, yeah, that's right. So, but anyways, the guy was defending the pea patch. Why? Because it was the future. It was the future. Man, you lose that food, you lose your future. And we are defending our future. We are defending the people that have yet to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are defending the next generation coming behind us. We are defending our, wi- our wives, our children. We are defending them, and we are saying we will fight for them, and we will be the mighty men that God wants us to be. Now, again, I know that the, the people have said, well, what about this commitment? What about this? If you need to pray about it, pray about it. If you need to talk with your spouse, talk to your spouse. Um, I, I, I've yet to see a woman, though, that when their husband, her husband says, I want to stand up and be more of a man of God. I want to sacrifice. I want to make a difference for the kingdom. I, I, I've yet to see that where the wife's like, no, 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 no. I am looking for a wussy. You know, I know. It's none of that, you know. I haven't seen that. I've seen a lot of men when the wives get excited for God going, hey, 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 tone it down, tone it down. But I've rarely seen a wife say, tone it down, tone it down. And so guys say, I want to step it up. I want to do this. I want to sacrifice. And I make no apologies for this, uh, that, that, that people will sacrifice, they will work hard, they will do great things for the Lord. Uh, I make no apologies for that because I think that's what can change the world. I really do. I think that's what can change generations. And I think for too often, we're like, if you can, maybe, might, could you do this? And I just think the world is looking for men that will say, I'm in. I'm in. Let's do this. Let's sacrifice. And so it's leadership. It's stepping up in ministry. It's stepping up in life groups. It's stepping up financially. It's saying, you can count on me. You can count on me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to prioritize my life around the kingdom of God and the principles of God. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be a leader. And and I'll say this. There were a lot of men. There were over a million just able-bodied men. And I thank God for every man that comes to our church. I really do. I thank God for every man. Every time a man walks through our door, I thank God for it because I understand that a lot of churches don't have men. And when people come to visit our church, they're like, man, you have a lot of guys here. You really have a lot of guys in your church. So every able-bodied man that just even walks through our door, I thank God for. And then there are those that are chiefs that are just, they're, they're there, they're there. They're, they're almost like mighty men. I thank God for that, and I thank God for the mighty men. And I just pray that more men will step up and say, count me in. I want to do something that will last. I want to hear the whisper. You don't have to chase me down. I'll be there. Uh, I won't be the one. I can't stand it when I call friends. I say, hey, were you there? Oh, dude, forgot. Oh, man, I don't want that. 
I want men that just say, I'm in, I'm there, I'm good, I'm a leader, I'll prove it, I won't just say it, I'll be there, I'm going to do it. And so that's what we're looking for. So uh, mighty men, it's time to step up. You got the commitment card. Um, some of you already done it. You're like, man, I'm in. I've already, already got that. I'm in. You can fill it out again. We couldn't read half the signatures that we got anyways. So we'd love for you to fill that out and turn it in at your campus or turn it into the office. If you're watching online, get it into the men's ministry and uh, be a part of the mighty men. I'd love to pray real quick. So Lord, I pray right now for all the men of our church, whether they're uh, young men or old men, that they would rise up to the challenge. There are some amazing, mighty men in the Word of God. They're there for an example. It was just a, a challenge to see that they did amazing things. And I'm just even reminded of this, Lord. I thank you for this thought. There were mighty men called the disciples that left everything. Peter said, he said, we left everything to follow you. We left everything. And you said, I will reward that. They were mighty men. They died for the kingdom of God. How amazing is that, God? Now we're just asking for a higher level of commitment amongst our men, and I pray that that spirit would grab hold of us. A higher commitment, a higher commitment and dedication to say, God, I want to do more for the kingdom. I want to do more. You can count me in. I will be a difference maker. So I pray for that, and I pray that uh, the women in our lives would respond to this. I pray that the church would grow, and I mean the capital C, the kingdom of God church would grow. You'd give us amazing ideas to move your church forward. Thank you for this. Help us to defend the future. Help us to defend the faith. Help us to defend the people all around us that need us to be the godly leaders that we can be. And I just pray that what uh, Pastor Keith started here, just a, a fire in us, to be mighty men, it'd be continued now in this vision that we would truly be mighty men. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.